You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast, the podcast about the beautiful club within the beautiful game. This week, we made an overdue return to the podcast format in the shape of a brand new venue, for this week at least. Yes, we are recording this in the surroundings of the lovely hostelry known as The Colonies in Fair Victoria, where we lay our scene. And despite no football action for the senior men's team at the weekend, we have plenty to discuss, having just seen the transfer window slam shut. And I swear, I swear it is done more violently with each passing year. And there have been plenty of comings and goings at the Amex Towers, along with an abundance of other deals and general football news to report besides. For Albion, there was the surprise departure of current cult hero Big Dan Byrne, the even bigger surprise of an actual first-team-ready striker in the shape of USG's Denise Undav, albeit we have to wait till the barbecue and beer garden season for his arrival for his Belgian loan back. Uh, two new young bucks came in through the front door, as did the long-lost and lesser-spotted Billy Arce. We also had Caicedo returning uh, during this window and Mr Ryan Longman has gone out on a permanent deal to the club he was loaned to, Hull. Um, It's gone to Hull but not back. Um, Well, we also run the rule over Albion's grand visor, Paul Barber's recent fans forum in this episode, coming up later in the programme. And it's a welcome to my partner in podcasting crimes, Peter, and to our eternal guest, Raymond the Gent. How are we, chaps? Uh, fine, thank you very much, uh, Russell. Uh, sitting in a windy garden in the <laughs> colonies, uh, our table got moved, uh, booked by somebody else, grabbed at five o'clock, I think. Your name has changed to Ronald, apparently. Yes, no, yeah. no, so I gather. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have... you say, sitting out here, I'm beginning to understand why the window slammed shut. It's, funny, it's a little bit chilly. <laughs> it should have slammed shut with us yeah. on the inside, shouldn't it? Oh dear, never mind, never mind. Well, anyway, Although knowing I like it, we are for halfway through. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're in the colonies in Victoria. Nice pub. I mean, it is a bit chilly, but it's wind protected, so not too bad. Um, it would it would have been too noisy inside, to be honest. So we're doing the first part of it in this courtyard garden type place, and we're going to a secret meeting. We're whispering a bit. And exactly. Of... Yeah. <laughs> where where we where the second part takes us? Who knows? And, and incidentally, we're within about a, a couple of stones throw of. Uh, Buckhouse. Buckhouse, yeah, indeed. Yeah, certainly yeah. the Queen wouldn't let us in tonight. She said, <laughs> tomorrow it worked for her, but we couldn't do tomorrow. So uh, that, that was the coup we were hoping for, just yeah. broadcasting from Buckingham Palace. If we're, if we're moving pub, though, to do this, if it's have a pod cut, a, a pod crawl. A pod crawl? <laughs> I like the sound of that. What do you think, Raymond? Yeah, pod crawl sounds an excellent <laughs> idea, yeah. Right, well, let, let's first of all talk about Paul Barber's fans forum. Before we get into the transfer stuff, so we'll do it chronologically. Um, so, I mean, first of all, there was um, obviously, you know, he he addressed the issues to do with uh, the, the contra- controversy. The controversy being the Spurs ticket allocation and the general ticket sharing scheme, which has been in place this season and has been re- partially revised for next season, not to everyone's satisfaction. Um, I'll go to you first, Peter. I mean, did you did you tune into the forum? I didn't, but I saw kind of like a, you, a run you got down the general of the answers, thing. Yeah, yeah the gist so, I mean, of it. What's your overall take on it? I think the Tottenham thing, they could have solved a lot more easily with just a bit of good communication. And they generally are pretty good with that, but they could have made it clear that they were... I think the problem was partly that they, made, they didn't make it clear that it was only 5,700 properly. Yeah. And also that they open up to everyone who's seen the older, which they shouldn't have done if it was only 5,700. There are 20,000 ticket holders, so what is the point of the loyalty points if you're going to open up a 20,000 people, 5,700 tickets? Why have the loyalty points? What's the purpose of it? So I think they, they should have done, treated it like a normal away game because that would be our allocation in Premier League, technically. If it, well, could it, it would be 3,000, but yeah, what's the difference there? So you should actually just let that happen. So just leave it as it is and just let, let the normal system run so you give it to the first 5,700 first. Yeah. And in terms of the ticketing thing, I don't think they've sold anything. It's one game, you know, it's like, I, per, speaking personally, I mean, I've seen comments from people saying, you know, kind of, well, you don't buy anything to get to give away, that sort of thing. But I've had a lot of stuff going on this year that has meant that I've missed quite a lot of games this season, more, a lot more than I ever have before. And I've not given any of them to anyone else because I, I just because it's too much of a hassle to deal with the whole ticketing system. And I'd have tried to find someone I knew or someone else if I'd if I, the system was what it normally is, and that would have been someone else, you know, someone else at the game who might not have gone otherwise. But yeah, it's like well, they've lost out on people from that perspective all the time, and they, they won't do any better from you know for next season on that basis. So it just seems like they've they've looked at it, they've they've not understood the problem wasn't about the one game. The problem is about the fact that it shouldn't be an error in the first place. I've paid a lot of money for that season ticket. I should be allowed to give it to someone if I want to. If they need me to record that online, fair enough. That's I can do that. I don't mind recording that online. Even paying a £5 admin fee or £10 admin fee for the per, from the person who takes the ticket, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But, to, for, yeah, for, to, for me, you have to give it away more than one game. Living in London, there's a fair chance I might miss more than one next season with the midweek games, Monday night games, that sort of thing. It's like it's a bit harder to get to you know kind of from you've got to take time off work potentially and you know so it's not ideal and, and the Spurs situation I mean he answered the questions uh, essentially he did explain it in a lot of detail he took the time to explain it and it did make sense as to the rationale behind it essentially as we know Spurs were insisting that we paid up front for the additional 3,300 
if we wanted to take them. And that's 82 and a half grand, I think someone worked it out to be, whatever the figure is, it's something around that. He said tens of thousands. And you can understand they don't want to throw that away. He was at pains to point out that they consider that a very sizable amount of money. Despite all the money that swishes around in the Premier League, I think they're trying to run things on a very tight budget. So you can understand the thinking behind it. I can. However, yeah. you can also look at it's, that and think, well, that's two weeks, two weeks' wages for it's, one of our star players. Comms. That's the issue here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah the comms. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's, I mean, I, if they wanted to have 5,700, that's fine. I get that. I mean, it's stupid from Tottenham anyway because they're not going to fill the ground even close. From the yeah, they're, they're, they're selling they're it on general sale business, now. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not even close to selling out. From and they're probably yeah. going to have a problem now because Brighton fans can join up with no previous booking history yeah. and go in the same area anyway. Exactly. So, Except now so, you've got no segregation. So Tottenham actually are probably the, the, the real villains here. They've, they've, they've been idiots and they've got a massive ground. They weren't going to fill it. Why not offer the, the extra three, two and three and a half thousand on sale or return yeah. and say you have to return them by a certain date if you're not going to sell yeah. them otherwise you have to. That would have been an option. But but also the club didn't yeah, make anything clear in the situ- you know, in yeah. situation. I mean, that, that was the issue. I, I would it? argue if they're that desperate for, for money they shouldn't be selling so this is going to go on to a bit of a rent that have later on but they shouldn't be Telling one of our youth prospects for seven hundred thousand, who yeah. who's been a champion and doing really well this season, they should be looking to make a lot more money out of someone like that, yeah. Ryan Longman, yes. which seems a crazy deal to like give him away basically for less than seven, less yeah. than a million when he's basically become a you know. We look at the money we pay championship players like Webster and Mope. Why are we then giving our champ- our players away championship clubs who looks? a really good championship player yeah. at the very least for under a million yeah I mean we'll get into that more obviously yeah. later on but it's a fair point to be honest in, in relation that to this about the pennies yeah. surely you should be getting exactly. everything that you can out of those yeah. deals yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, for me, the issue is it's 3,300 tickets. Paul Barber was at pains to say history doesn't support the notion of making that risk. That was the essence of his argument. But how often have you been offered 9,000 Well, I mean, I mean, he said he said that there isn't a history of us taking that. I mean, obviously you've got the cup semi-final, nobody mentioned that, but I mean, that is a unique scenario. But if you take it in terms of club matches, just, just you know, at, at a home or away ground, in terms of away games, he, say, he cited the 6,800 plus comps that we took to MK Dons in a League One promotion season with £10 a ticket. Sorry, yeah, cha- yeah, championship promotion season. Um, with, um, um, with, with £10 a ticket and concessions on top of that and there being no travel issues, all of which are pertinent points. Yes, that is none of that is relevant. But it's still MK Spurs, Dons as compared to Tottenham. But it's MK Dons yeah. in the Championship. We took that many with the right price point. This is 25 quid, yeah. but it's Tottenham the, and it's the, London. The other villain, of it, obviously, of the piece is also the TV company. So I think yeah, ITV I mean, are showing this. Yeah, and, the, and they refused to move it where, where yeah, Tottenham I mean, were happy to, the FA were happy to, and we were happy to. Yeah. And, and so they've put a, a game... I mean, I'm struggling. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to... I will get home, but I'm not sure exactly the best way. Yeah. And how how easy it will be to get home at ten o'clock, ten thirty on the, on a Saturday night from Tottenham, yeah. and I live in Charlton. For Brighton fans coming from Brighton, it's a, it's a ridiculous you know timing of it. Yeah. I mean, what I was going to say, I'll come on to that ITV thing in a minute, actually, because my other point was going to be, yes, will we sell 3,300 tickets? Yes, it's an unknown, because in the modern era, we haven't seen what we do. But from my experience, we take shed loads to London. Whatever we're given, we'd sell out. We sell them out quickly. He said it wasn't selling that quickly. But it's not selling that quickly, because a lot of people are holding off thinking we're going to have more than 5,700. It was never made clear at any point that that was the that was potentially our limit here yeah. and obviously they monitored it up to a certain point and then had to give Spurs a decision and they've looked at the, the circumstances the travel issues and, um, and they've, they've looked at the, the rate of sale 
but the problem with the rate of sale is that is that is distorted by us all thinking we yeah, had, more time, had more time and more so, yeah. allocation. That's that's that issue. And on the matter of the um, uh, what was the other the thing about the travel? Yeah, I mean people will, will perhaps source their own travel anyway. I put it to you that we may not have sold nine thousand, but I think we might have sold about eight thousand. I think I'm almost convinced we would have sold that. And would he have been, Paul, been um, willing to write off a thousand tickets worth of loss for the greatest, the greater possible gain of those extra two thousand three hundred, for well, based example? Based on the season tickets, probably cheering, not. Cheering the team on. Based to, on the season tickets, probably not. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Anyway, but let's bring you back in on this, Raymond. You've been listening on that little uh, debate. Um, what, what's your views on it? Well, first, uh, I think it was unwise of the company to ever or anybody to mention the 9,000. Mm. If the 5,700 had been mentioned only, yeah. nobody would be Or at least evenly, so that you knew there well, were two possibilities. Well, they, they did say may get 9,000. I think, I think people but, had also mathematically worked it out as well. That was a part of the problem. But, so. yeah. but if they said 5,700 is, is our you know, baseline and we're negotiating to try and get some more, then I think that's fine. I th- the problem is with the British Rail uh, problems at the moment, added to the suspension of the Northern Line between Kennington and Moorgate, um, b- meaning that there's no easy way to get to London Bridge um, from there. Yeah. Um, you know, that didn't help. The timing issue of 8 o'clock um, in those circumstances did, really didn't help. Um, and the TV companies... Uh, you know, well, you know, I think being a little inflexible, I can't see what harm it would have done moving it half an hour earlier or something. I mean, just might make the might difference. Have made a difference. And ITV really are the big, biggest villains here ahead of Tottenham, aren't they? Because who, who watches football at eight o'clock? There's no culture of that at all, yeah. is there? There's, I mean, maybe they want to set a new standard, a new, a new culture. But who? I, I'm not interested in watching. It's the sort of thing that happens. You hear about in Spain, this happens yeah. regularly, but not over here. But the, like. the only time I'm going to watch an eight o'clock kickoff on a Saturday is if it's my team and I can't get to the game. Well, there has been more and more talk of it happening. More, you know, kind of like having a late Premier League game, which again takes less and less account yeah. of fans and more and more account of we don't care about. You know, yeah. well, well, it has to bear in mind that the Manchester United one uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Uh, it's on at 8.15, isn't it? Yeah. To make it even more annoying for people. But, I mean... Oh, well, to be fair, you're going to Man U for an evening game, you're probably staying over, I mean, from a... a well, you say that, a lot of people would travel back late yeah. and get home at 2 and They wouldn't get a train, though. They'd, get, they'd have to drive, wouldn't they? They'd be, like, 45 minutes yeah. later. But, uh, so including I the Man U fans. But, but the only people... I, I, the do, only... Understand, I, I do understand of the, the logic of the company thing, and they obviously, not only did they try, have got most people agreeing to move the time, but ITV wouldn't, they did try and see if Tottenham yeah. would be prepared to advance the surplus ones yeah, on I mean, sale Paul, return. Paul Barber was at pains to say, yeah, he made great efforts to try and get Tottenham to, to bend. And also, he, he did make a very strong appeal to ITV personally to try and get them to bring it forward, even by a small amount. And that would have helped. The paradox is you, you don't want this to be well viewed now because it will encourage them to do it again. But the, the paradox is, of course, because people can't get to the game because of the time, they are going to watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. So it will look like good ratings. So it's a bit but, of a nightmare. I, I mean, it's a shame that one hasn't actually got the ability to turn a TV on and then press a button which says, I'm going off because of IT, where ITV are doing it yeah. to, to let one know that yeah. one is unhappy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you can't 
complain about it. And if the TV companies out there were getting a thumbs down sign the whole time, they, they might not. I, I mean, the Longman situation, I think, is interesting because had we got, say, 800,000, not 700, yeah. it would have covered the distance. Yeah. Well, well we get, we're going to get into Longman a bit later on, actually. We're going to get into the transfers. But, 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 but from a fi- fiscal, but from a fiscal, fiscal point of view, yeah, yeah, yeah. it could have covered that risk. Now, he didn't know at the time he had to make the decision no, that true. we were going to get that true. deal. But you know, I, I think the yeah. point you made is perhaps underselling him. It you know, might have been doing it. I mean, the guy, I, we'll talk about him later, but... He hardly played early, early because of an injury and COVID. He's played quite a number of games since. Yeah. In that limited amount of exposure, sort of November, December, January time, four goals, four, four assists at championship level. Yeah. Including Eight bad. against Everton in the cup, which would have interested a lot of people. Yeah. Particularly yeah. as it was with his left foot and his right footed. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Um... um just moving on very quickly, before we get into transfers, which will probably be our next part, uh, just one other bit as well. Dan Ashworth, it's all gone very quiet on the Dan Ashworth Newcastle trail. We don't know if it's all strategic in terms of the transfer window and whether any announcements are being made. Nothing has been said, and I don't think anyone ostensibly asked Paul at the forum, but... Um, it, was, I, it was raised. It was raised. Oh, it was raised. It and was I got raised. the impression it was kind of neutralised, which suggests that they don't really know, and it suggests no, the longer... they didn't it, know, and it was asked. And, and the longer it goes on, the more you think, said, well, this is off, isn't it? Paul made the point that the company, uh, the club, company club, is always has the thing that if people get approached that they don't want to stand in their way yeah. they'll let them know of the approach and they'll offer them the opportunity to speak yeah. presumably also they've got to offer a decent money, amount of money for it as well they can't just say approach you for free and, and as long oh, yeah. as the approach is done through the appropriate channels it said if you stop people all it does quite rightly is to build resentment exactly yeah. the, the, the point is that some other people have gone off to talk and have come back saying no, yeah. they don't want it. David Weir seems to be one. I mean, David Weir being yeah. an excellent potential. And example. I think in the long run, it's a long game, and I think it works to to have that policy. It's the same with players. If you look development, you'll give players opportunity, and you'll also give them the opportunity to move on. If you don't stand in their way, they're more well, likely to come to what us. I've been saying before about yeah, about sure point, uh, White in the summer and Bissouma. I think this summer. I think probably he will go, and I think. The sort of thing that happens there is like it's exactly what you need. You, d- you don't want to have a, a closed thing where you don't sell anyone because that's going to put people off joining. You want to have a kind of open you know, deal where you know if the deal comes in, it's right. And by persuading them to stay for say another six months or whatever it might be, you might actually be increasing their value yeah. at the same time because they're, they're they're continuing to impress. Okay, yeah, the, the, the length of contract's going down, but you may have extended that in the meantime anyway. Um, and that brings us, well, we, we'll come back to Basuma later, but, you know, those kind of deals. About, the other thing about the open door is if people know Brighton have an open door, yeah. they're more likely to join. Yeah. Knowing that if they get the... the they've got the, an out if they need it. They've got a, the dream job comes along. Yeah. You know, that, that Brighton will be open to it. So I think it, that they're more encouraged yeah. Yeah. to come. Just one final word on um, Ashworth. I mean, Peter, in a message, I think, a good few days ago now, you listed some of the signings under Ashworth's period. We're talking here Lamptey, Kukurea, Webster, Veltman, Mwepu, Modder, 
uh, Trossard, uh, Lalana, Morpé, as you just said, Raymond, and Welbeck. And that's that's before this window. Before you talk about the, the young players from well who've come through and that sort of yeah. thing. Academy, a, a modder. Yeah, Academy, Academy guys. Free. He came back in under Ashworth, but he was signed under Hutton. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and yeah, this, the developments... The, yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the, the development stuff in general and the new signings in this window, which we'll yeah. get on to talk about in a moment, all of that is under his watch. But I think the interesting thing is you turn it around, yeah. the window before, the, the, the summer before he joined, we signed Basuma, who obviously is going to probably make up all the money that we lost that summer anyway. Yeah. But the other signings were Jahanbach, Andone, Bernardo, Montoya, Lockardia. No, the yeah, cardio was the winter before that, but similar, yeah, principle now then. similar principle applies. We've spent a lot of money on some pretty average players, and since yep. since Ashworth's been there, I don't see many players who have been who've not been a massive success. Really, they've all they've all shown at the very least what they can do, and I'd say all of them are pretty good value for money. So yep. it, it will be a big shame to lose. I'm confident the club have got. Tony Broom's got plans for this. He's been going on for a while. I'm confident he's already looking for someone to replace Ashworth on a basis that if Ashworth leaves, whether it's David Weir, if he's been promised that, if, they, if he leaves, or he's being moved up to work with the new person, if they get a new person in, and then be the, the next one afterwards, I don't know. But yeah. there's obviously plans in place, and I'm pretty sure Tony Broom by now will have a pretty much a pretty certain idea if he knows that he'll probably already know whether Ashworth's going or not. And yeah. he probably also will already know yeah, I mean, it's, we've talked about it before, the succession planning, but it's, it's certainly the case. Anyway, right, that's, that's the, um, the other stuff covered. So that's the end of part one. In part two, we're going to talk about transfers. There's transfers in. There's been a few, actually, for a change. There's been transfers missed. There's been transfers out. And there's a transfer roundup in general. All of that coming up in part two. Right, it's time for part two. We've reconvened from the rather chilly but pleasant Colonies pub, which was too too noisy to go inside and too cold to be outside. So we went to ZZ's, classic. My first ever visit to this chain restaurant. We've had our food. We're ready to chat, aren't we, Peter? We are, yeah. It's the first ever restaurant uh, podcast, I think, as well, isn't it? Yeah, like... restaurant cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were talking about doing a kind of few different venues. We are doing a pod, the, the pod crawl, which could be quite fun, you know, so... And we could do the food crawl as well. Well, let's get into the let's get into the transfer. If I have any more food, I might actually be cruel. <laughs> and we were on the Peronis, by the way, just, yeah. just for reference. Let's get into the transfer business then. We're right. not going to advertise them particularly, though. It's like, definitely uh, not. Definitely yeah, not. The beer's all right, but it's not like... Uh, yeah, exactly. We're missing the Gladstone, but we due are. to TFL and their uh, stupid shutting of the And also phones, the fact that the and it's extremely balcony cold. is very cold. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we've, we've reconvened elsewhere. We have. So we're still here. We're still with Raymond. And we're now going to get into the transfers. Let's take this step by step. Let's go with transfers out, first of all, from the Albion. So I'm going to list them. If I've missed anything, feel free to ad-lib. Dan Byrne to Newcastle. Newcastle Desportivo FC, as I call them. Um, Ryan Longman for a fee thought to be somewhere around... 700, 750,000 rising with add-ons to 1.5 million. I'd hope it wouldn't be go down, wouldn't you? Yes, well, exactly, yeah. Um, we have Kiel Sherpen, our goalkeeper, 18 foot tall. Kind of sherpen his wits. Yes, like exactly. Him. He's gone to KV Ustend 
which I'm assuming is Ostend, Ostend. as we well, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think it's East End in uh, East in, End. In he's Belgium. an East Ender now. Yeah, he's, he's basically got a West Ham of Belgium. <laughs> the West Ham of Belgium. That's glamour for you, isn't it? Um, and we've also um, seen our young lad, our young buck, Laurent Tolai. Um, London Albanian, I think he is. Um, he's, he's gone on loan for the rest of the season to Cambridge, who, as a team, are currently very much in the ascendancy, having recently been on a five-match winning streak, only ended by, you've guessed it, a one-all draw at Fleetwood. Yes, that's right, I said a one-all draw, Peter. He's going to fit right in now, based on the last game, isn't he? Anyway, um, so th those are the outs. Have I missed anyone? You've missed one, but Go on. we're going to come into the ins as well. Okay. So oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Denise. That's fine. Denise. 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 <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah, we'll come into Denise in a minute. Actually, He's the signing who's been reloaded. Also, Carl as well. But not on deadline. We've, we've talked and, about Kozlowski. Yeah. We've talked about him. He's, a, he's, a, he's old news. And who, who's that, just for clarity? Kozlowski. Kozlowski. Kozlowski, our Polish guy. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And he's out on loan. Yeah, so Kel's trying to sharpen his wit. Kozlowski's trying to polish his ability. What's Laurent Tolai doing? Laurenting a better life. I would say I've got a really good joke, but I would be. It'll be. I'd be mainly doing Tolai. It'll be Tolai. Oh no, 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 no! I wish you'd not bother with that. Terrible. You lined me up for it. It was terrible. I did. to be fair. I set them up. You spoon them over the bar. It's basically Albion, basically in comedy form. But slightly earlier in the window, the young goalkeeper we signed a couple of years back from Reading, uh, De Bois, I think his name is, mm. uh, he's gone out on, on loan to uh, in the National League. I think somebody like Leatherhead, somebody like that. Yeah. I think it is Leatherhead, yeah. yeah. And to clarify, we think that Andoni did stay at Cadiz, and there's nothing sale-wise. Graham Potter said he was saying. Seeing as the club announced that Billy Arth returned, I'm assuming they'd announced that Andoni returned. They seem to be like... Well... Um, so yeah, so are we going to so, talk about so, the outs then? So, well, those outs, so any comments so I, on I've that? I've hinted on my, my thoughts on Longman. I think we've not made the right decision there. I wonder. I don't understand the logic of that decision. On price or on leaving at all? I think on both, I think, probably, is the answer. I think if they left it to the summer, they could have re-evaluated, given a whole season in that division, and his price would not have gone down. It would only have gone up. They might have had some other options. Yes, all right, Hull took him on, and he wants to stay at Hull. But you can't tell me if you're not, if like another team came to offer five grand more a week, he wouldn't have gone there, or three yeah. grand more a week, he would have been happy to go well, your, there. Your as well. point was if Ryan Norman was doing what he's doing at Hull, yeah. over a six, seven, eight more months period, how well, much, would he, how much months? would he cost to buy? Yeah. You look at what Hull have sold Jarrod Bowen for, what they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're quoting on Keen Lewis Potter, yeah. and. Who um, we like, of course. Yeah. Friend of the show. <laughs> I'm literally going to say that. Yeah. 20 million, Peter, I'm telling you. Yeah, I have to say, you, you were a big fan of Bowen. It was, uh, and he obviously has done very well so far. Um, and it's been there with like, very. Uh, Liverpool seems probably assuming it's not going to happen now. Diaz has signed them, but yeah. there's certainly clubs who are interested in. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just think that it, it just seems what's the point of selling a player when you've got the money in the Premier League for 700,000? It just seems really odd. Especially when the club's just been taken over by new owners. Well, obviously, you're yeah. willing to spend money. Yeah, I mean, his, why price, would you, his, his star's going to rise more I and more, isn't it? Why not just leave him there for the season? If you can't yeah. get the money now, leave him there for the season. Yeah. He's still got a year in his contract, and then see what happens. Yeah. 
I mean, I, the, I don't the, understand the logic. And if we're going to try and, pay, you know, the whole thing about breaking even is, it isn't just about making bringing in these kids who come through and do really well at us. There's always going to be some who don't quite make it, but you sell for decent profits. But if you're selling a, one, of the, one of our better prospects for 700 grand, that just seems like false economy. I don't understand the logic yeah. of it. If we get it makes two, no sense. If we get, as, as the generations progress, if we get two or three players or four players who we sell for normal amounts, that all adds up to yeah. covering quite a bit of the running costs for, for the season. And it is very frustrating. Just for anyone that doesn't know, Asun, I can't remember his surname, Asun is the pronunciation of his first name. He is the Turkish Simon Cowell. He's a reality TV presenting star, hugely popular, hugely famous in Turkey. As in, he's got millions of followers. He has... Like for Hull's sake, he's not a Turkey. Yes, exactly, yeah. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I like that by the way. Very good, very. Good. But he, he's to be by all, of, by all accounts, he's written football criticism they in the t- past. He's a massive football. They were fan. talking about like he's three, four million fees for whole for whole yeah. players from overseas. Yeah. So why were they not paid that for a player who was already in, already play, in the club, already playing? This guy is Roman Abramovich with extra anchovies, but maybe less money. Maybe, <laughs> but he's, he's got some money. <laughs> And we should have milked him for more, shouldn't we, to be honest? Or should have As you said, you should have just sat on it otherwise, because there's no need... Thank you very much, cheers. There's no need to, to rush into a sale. I mean, I think we could have pushed them for a seven-figure upfront fee with the same add-ons and tie-ins that we've agreed anyway. Well, exactly. If you, if you look at it, if, if Longman had a season at Hull and play, continue playing here he was, and he was a whole player, we were looking for him. Yeah, how quickly? He would have, he would have cost probably four or five million yeah. plus, ten million probably. How quickly do stars rise in the championship? Yeah, exactly. If you give him a couple of years on that contract, they'll probably be quoting Premier League clubs ten million plus. So, I don't get why we've jumped into selling him so quickly. You know, it's all about, it's all about players, the right thing for players, that sort of thing, but why would it not have been the right thing for him to leave him alone this season and then find him a club in the summer that would pay and it may well have been whole because they've got the money to pay three or four or five million sort of thing to, which gives them at least that money then basis if he doesn't go to make it and then we also don't have the money extra and, and I, to be honest he was one I thought might come into our squad next season I thought we he had lack, a chance yeah. lack, he's been playing wing back we lack an extra wing back if you're going to play there I mean Graham Potter Mark. loves a bit of flexibility a striker yeah. or a even, wide attacker who could play wing back there's even an interview with him recently saying that where he said that he's like doing yeah, he's been actually metamorphosed um, as a wing back yeah. I mean McCann suddenly saw the potential where he'd have more space to work in how many wing backs in the championship uh, have the stats that long, long yeah. has four goals four assists playing, playing predominantly wing back yeah, in, well, in, a, in a pretty average side of all suggest well, that well, he, he didn't play much in the early part yeah. of the season because of Covid and injury well, and and also he, he's playing with strikers who probably don't score that many so if he if he played with truly like quality strikers, he'd probably have more assists, probably because he he might well put crosses in there that aren't converted or something. Yeah, and, and most people will have seen his goal against Everton in the car. This is a well yeah. put player. I he just start, started out that match on the left side, left wing yeah, back. Yeah. During the game, was like, no, he switches across to the right wing back, and it's like playing at right wing back cuts in onto his weaker foot on the corner outside the penalty yeah. area and scores with his left foot one of the goals yeah. of the season. Exactly. And, I, and obviously you don't react on one game, but given everything, I mean, we clearly don't think he's going to make it with us in the short term. That's fine. I get that. 
but I think there's still better things we could have done to get more money out of him out of them there. And the most sickening thing about all of this is he's mates with Danny Cashman. I had plans to get him on the podcast. <laughs> And now it's all, it's all scuppered, isn't it? There's no way we're going to get him on now. Or if we do, it's irrelevant now, isn't it? If Barbara had known that, they wouldn't have sanctioned the sale. <laughs> exactly. We could, have, we could have told them. We could have scuppered it in advance. I, I genuinely love to know from the Albion, and obviously they will never say it, but why they didn't wait till summer. What there was there, that they didn't wait till the summer. Well, say, you know, absolutely. It, it, it seems very odd that they... I don't think there's any way that he would have gone down in value. Even if he'd been injured this season, he probably still would have kept the value he had now. So I don't get why, yeah. And it's, as much as Paul Barber might about the 80 grand for a game and that sort of thing, 700,000 or a Premier League club is nothing. It's basically peanuts. It's basically what you get from Sky for like 10 minutes of being in the Premier League. Yeah. It's, it's, not like, it's not like we need the money, you know. It seems to me we've basically thrown away a, a really good prospect to get £700,000 in this short term. And maybe, yes, we've got a set-on, maybe we'll have a set-on. I'm assuming it will. If we don't, we basically completely screwed ourselves over. But we still will only get a potential really to set-on rather than actually getting it all. I mean, are we that desperate for money? Because the, the, the calculations suggest that our transfer business has levelled out. But we're going to oh, we're gonna get on to talk about it in a minute. Six million, and we've signed some other people on nominals. Um, and the people we've sold... Burn plus um, Longman, yeah. we're talking about 14 million it's at the moment. I mean, I've seen a lot of comments, people say we've still got the white money. It's like we haven't got the white money. No. Because we, we lost 40 summer, million because of well, pandemic. Well, also, the players we bought in the summer covered that, I think. Mm. Wepu, Kukurea cost about 30 between them, I think, or sort of thing. Yeah. And then plus, like, Seema, Sherpen, um, a couple more, weren't there, in the summer? Seema yeah. was like six, I think. There are a couple more in the summer as well who I can't think of at offhand at the moment who we signed who were like young players. And I think I think the club said they were going to cover one of our bar bills one day as well. So that's another two million. Well, just the two of us. <laughs> million each. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, we talked about Longman. On the Dan Byrne subject, I mean, this was an interesting one on several levels. I mean, he's, he's, he's a Geordie. Well, I think he's a Geordie. He's a Newcastle fan. Yeah. You know, as a lad, he had a season ticket. He's, he's diehard in the world, Newcastle fan. Um, he made his name through, he came through Darlington in the North East, onto Fulham and various other clubs. He always looked a bit unlikely, slightly wasn't going to quite make it. So I wasn't that convinced when we signed him. I wasn't quite sure what we were looking at, really, in terms of... He's a reserve centre-back. Yeah, he's a utility who, man, a reserve who was, guy. Who was home, at that yeah. point, was home qualified. Yeah. That was the main thing, I think. Yeah. We needed a four-stroke centre-back, but it was home qualified under Hewton. And, and two remarkable events occurred. First of all, he stepped on to a degree far more advanced than we thought he could do in terms of his fle- not only his flexibility, which was the earlier stage, but his, his ability and his prowess in his favoured centre-back position this season was fantastic. He, he owns Lukaku. I know he scored Lukaku, but he's owned Lukaku in one of those games there. Yeah. Well, he, Mitoma and, uh, and uh, Sarmiento were the other summer signings. Who, so I think overall it added value. Yeah, oh yeah, they, they've also added value, yeah. So yeah, well, go, mean, added, they, 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 that's what, up to 50 million probably. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's been it's been interesting because I, I didn't see this coming. No. I mean, I just didn't imagine for a moment our backup centre-back who happens to be in the first team and in a run of form at the moment, that that alone would be enough for someone in Newcastle's position of a mixture of of monetary wealth and also desperation would come in for him. Yeah. I thought they'd go for Tarkovsky, I thought they'd go for 
various other kinds of establishments. But established... Burnley have got more reason not to sell Tchaikovsky now than we have to not sell. That's true. That's Even true. though he's out of contract in the season. That's, I think they've... that's the beauty, isn't it? We, we can afford to go, actually, that's, that's all right. Because it it's not going to affect our position, we wouldn't have sold him to Newcastle. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't have sold him. Would we? And Dan Byrne would have been pressured enough to actually not. Yeah, yeah. He, I have no doubt that if Dan, if we said no to Dan Byrne, yeah. then he'd have been like fine and played yeah. on perfectly happily. But it's a remarkable story because it, on the one hand, I think it's quite a shrewd idea from Newcastle's point of view to get a local lad in. He's far better than anything at half they've got. The cells, exactly. Clark, any of them. He is a but, far better player than. But will he? Will he do it in Eddie Howe's setup? He, yeah. he, he happens to be in he a rich... Like pace. Yeah, he, he's in a rich frame of form in a system and with a manager that he's very comfortable with. Can he adapt to changing managers, maybe changing formations, changing situations really with, the pressure, the with the pressure? Up against quick forwards. Exactly. Traore being an obvious example. Pace is the issue. Where, well, Traore where, won't where, be the issue. Like kind of a, yeah. Can you imagine him against Lampard? Well, let's find out in a few weeks' time. But it's, it's a remarkable story, isn't it, Raymond? Did you see this coming? And what's your views I on it? I didn't see Byrne going. I could see Duffy possibly going. I, I could see Roberts going out on, on loan. I could get more experience. Um, you know, I might have even seen somebody coming in for Dunk, possibly, because of his leadership qualities and his, and his proven pedigree. I certainly didn't see Byrne being one of them. And if somebody had told me at the beginning of January we'd get 13 million for Burn. I would have raised an eyebrow or two. Or, or even after that Leicester game, which is the last game we played, like a week and a half ago, I think anyone would have expected that. I mean, it all came from well, nowhere, didn't it? has been outstanding recently. And yeah. on the one hand, you think, oh, that's such a shame because he's in a rich vein of form. We want to enjoy that more. He has got, as I alluded to in the intro, this sort of modern cult hero status because he's a bit gangly, he's a bit awkward, he's a bit unlikely but he has been great. As but he's also, yeah. I, I, I love Dan Byrne. I'm really gutted he's gone a lot of ways, yeah. but I think but he's, the deal... He's, he's going to be 30 in May. The deal is definitely right for us. Thir- 30 in May. Newcastle are paying for a player for six months. Yeah. You can't tell me that Newcastle will genuinely stay up and have, assuming they do, and have Dan Byrne as their first century choice. No, I mean, at best they'll have him in the same role yeah. we had him in. Yeah. For 30, whereas we pay £3 million yeah. for him, yeah. they pay £30 million, yeah. and he's two years older yeah. or three he, years he's, older. He's going to be 30 you know? in May, so he's 30 next season when the yeah. season kicks off. So you can't... There's no, there's no way anyone can tell me that's not... Given the centre yeah. half we have coming through... There's no way that I can I look at that and say it's a bad deal for us. Yeah. Unless unless we have a dreadful run of the season and go down because we've got no spending. You're right. I mean they've spent 85, 88, 86, 88 million this window. The first window with the uh, the whole wealth of Saudi Arabia behind them. Um, the, I've seen reports saying that they're going to be you know really pushing the boat out in the summer transfer window. What's going to happen is that, you know, 86, 88 million is going to be bloody chicken food. They're going to be spending 200 million plus in, in well, summer, if they stay up. Well, that, but there is the, then financial fair play. That that's the thing, isn't it? So, yeah, obviously they could spend everything. They could literally buy, a, a, the, you know, the best players in the world if they wanted to. But the issue is whether financial fair play allows it. And that's where... Yeah, well, Ashley did actually run a tight ship. So, in the financial fair play game... They were in a good position but going got, into the current situation. They're not like... Yeah, it's not unlimited. Yeah. And if they did it, they're then going to like li- not spend the next year because they've got a, those two years will go and then they've, got, they've only got yeah. the years they spent a lot. Now, the figure I saw quoted when the deal was first done, that they had sort of headroom 
was 170 mil. Yeah. Yeah, so they spent half of that on... Well, they spent 90. Yeah, frankly, they spent half of that on, frankly... I mean, I wouldn't say it's inspiring. (laughs) Trippy is a good signing. Wood is decent, but hasn't had a great season this season. Trippy isn't exactly young, but will do a good job for them a couple of seasons. Wood's not not exactly young and has not a great season. Um, (laughs) Target's on loan. Burn will not go any further this season if they stay up, in my view. He'll be in reserve next season and then gone within a year and a half. Bruno Gimeres, obviously, is a good sign. How how suited he is to a Premier League relegation battle, coming from being a top-half French league side. Debatable. Who knows? He obviously is a very good player, full stop. Yeah, it's all all because he's... How will he react to being in a... He's a defensive midfielder with... Better stats yeah. going forwards, which is a bit in, weird. In the classical energy, how would he do on in Stoke on a Tuesday night in oh, February? Hey. You know, you know. Without <laughs> Stoke on a Tuesday the... night, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> but how would it, yeah? How will he do? And that's what but you've I got to do say, if you're like in that position. If we'd sold Basuma for say fifty million, then buying uh, you know, from Lyon for thirty-five million or whatever the figure was, uh, that sort of. Order would have been quite good business. So it, it would have been, but we've got like, the pressure that Newcastle have. Yeah. They've got to start winning games very soon. We're in a, a relaxed position. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we can get yeah we can get on to the fact that I think, I think, I think, I think we've this is the, the unique difference this year, isn't it? Different, yeah. yeah. Position in previous years, all of this has a different perspective because we're in a different position as we, a selling yeah, we, and we, as a buying. We need about five points probably to survive given recent yeah. like, numbers. Well, let's move on because we want to rocket through a few things here. So, Raymond, final point on this. So, Sherpin going out to yeah. Austin. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. I mean, West he clearly out. needs to. He clearly needs to have get experience because I think I think it's a club's like policy to probably make Sherpin the number two. But he needs more experience. They're obviously happy with. He him. needs more steel. I they, think. They're impressed. Hey! With him. <laughs> and, uh, I see what you did there. I, I, I would expect him if he if pulls half decently to be our number two next season to to Rob Sanchez. But whether or not we send him out for another season, half half season loan next year, I don't know. But I'm slightly nervous that we've really only got two goalkeepers. I'm not sure McGill is ready yet be the third choice goalie. Well, you can have recalls on goalies, so that's one thing we should say at this point in terms of um, exposing ourselves to lesser numbers. Total recall. Yeah, total total recall. Yeah, you know, Sharon Stone and everything. Um, But um, I'm wondering if Carl Rushworth, who I've always rated and I think is a good... He's an old head on young shoulders. He's a Yorkshireman with a brash... Deep voice, you know, he's, he's he's that whole kind of old, old before old before his time kind of guy. You know what I mean? And I, I've got. Well, he sounds like a thirty-year-old when he was eighteen. Uh, honestly, I heard him interviewed on the Worthing podcast. But anyway, um, he was on loan at Worthing. He was on loan elsewhere. I think the club have got eyes on him for the future. Maybe on Tom McGill. I don't really know where he sits. Well, However, I think McGill will come in if, it's, if needed. Yeah, this as a third um, choice, he suits it because he's the, yeah, the, yeah he's he's the whatever it is, the narrative. McGill is, is a, I think slightly more of a shot stopper. Uh, what I've seen of him on the 123 games on the club um, stream, um, he's about six foot, fractionally over, whereas Rushworth, I think, is about six three, and much more the stature. Big crash, the auctionman. More, more likely to be the sort of keeper who will come out a la Sanchez uh, to Cambridge, which is actually what our defence has now got used to. 
rather than having somebody like Ryan, who was a shortstopper. I think Rushworth is absolutely the future. I don't, I don't think they'd recall him this I, I reckon. I reckon he's but the future. He won't be re- I think probably Rushworth will jump the League One next season because he's been so good in League Two this year for that of it. This is good, and we'll go to the Championship the next loans, season. With goalkeepers, it's a bit different, isn't it? I think if they've got better ratings, better... Um, aspirations for a player he actually doesn't get involved in the first team because he goes yeah. out because it's more yeah. important it's more crucial and he can't get minutes as well at yeah, all exactly. you know. well, also defenders as well I think more further forward you can get minutes Yeah. but you can bring on a forward later on or something yeah. like for like 20 minutes or that but with a defender you want to do it either so I think yeah. the, the back four back five probably are more likely yeah. but oh. I think I think uh, I think that I think probably Rushworth will go will jump League One next year because yeah. he's been so good from the shadow of Warsaw. They've been also talking about him being better than any keeper they've they've seen in recent times. So I imagine he'll go championship next season and then he'll be pretty much ready to come to us when we're ready to sell Sanchez, which will be a year and a half time potentially. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think you're right. In my view, I think we're talking longer term. We're talking Sanchez, if we can hold on to him, Rushworth and probably Miguel. Steel at some Sherpen, point. Of course, is very young. Uh, and Sherpen, yeah. Those those four will be the future. McGill is the one that's pending. And we've also just signed two, like a guy from Charleston, the Beadle, who's basically very James, James Beadle, yeah. Yeah. And the guy yeah. from Ireland as well. Yeah, who's, who's a bit young with Cahill or something like that. Yeah. Not Jeremy Beadle, just to point out. Yeah. And an Irishman. not anyway. <laughs> an Irishman called Cahill, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> so, we, yeah, we've got a lot of keepers coming through. Yeah. We've also got um, Dubois, who uh, Raymond mentioned earlier. And yes, we've got, we've got a lot of keepers. Yeah, and very, very quickly on the transfers out. All be keepers. Someone who's got to leave as well. Isn't that the guy Tally? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, well, well, moving on, moving on. L- back. L- Lauren Tolai, who is one of the strikers, he's beefed up. He, had a, he was prolific. He had an injury, yeah. he's had setbacks. He's come back into the frame. And now the time has been felt to be right to put him out on loan. He's gone to Cambridge, five wins and a draw. They're on the upward ascendancy. It's a good club. I think they play a good brand of football. They had Paul Mullen, who left. They kept Ironside, but they're lacking another backup striker. Hopefully he'll be the man. A good move, I think. Any any thoughts on his... My one worry is that Jensen Weir's not played a lot there. So... <coughs> yeah, yeah, he was there, wasn't he? He is there, but he... Still is, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> just like moving the mic back and forth. Um, yeah, so that's my one worry is that Jensen Weir's not had a lot of game time there. Um, because of injuries and because of like not getting the team, so I hope Tolad gets a, a lot more time than he did. Basically, oh, I hope he still he gets more time than he has as well. Well, hopefully so. And Raymond quickly on Tolai. Any thoughts on him? Well, um, he was very prolific, as you were saying, mainly in the under 18s and actually quite prolific for. Um, he's been playing for Switzerland sort of junior teams, um, and he's actually had quite a uh, you know, not a bad season. I think. It, is it eight goals or something he's scored yeah. in the under under twenty threes this season? He's so, been rather overlapped by someone who who uh, definitely isn't like the same surname as a manager. Well, him, manager. <laughs> him, him, Ferguson have probably scored a similar number of goals, but, but Ferguson's looked, rather overtaken him. Yeah, and I think he probably has has in the pecking order. Oh, he definitely has. He's been on the bench, hasn't he, in the yeah. first team? And uh, but uh, I mean, Tellez looks more like a a more sort of slightly old fashioned type of number nine was slightly you know, a bit of a throwback in a way um, which is no bad thing because we, we don't want to have all, all the players being being similar so I think having people who are slightly different in terms of what of what they offer as Russell takes another uh, half pint from his 
Pepperoni. I've done my trick, Raymond, by the way. I've filled up alcohol. Do you know that thing where, where it's on the brim and it, it curves above the brim? That's what I've done. Sorry. Sorry. Back to you, Raymond. Yeah. I think it's a good move as well. Well, we, we wish him the best of luck. Yeah. I think he, he looks like he's got... Any, any Albion player out on loan, you want to do well. So, you know. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about transfers in. And by doing so, we could talk about transfers so out. The first one is a transfer in. Yes. Well, it's they're both transfers out, really. Right, so well, two of the three are transfers out from our window. So, uh, one yeah. of the two from deadline day. So, let's talk about Peter. Do you want to look, go Denis, for it? Denis. Denis, Denis. So, Denis... Undav, not Undvan, Sky Sports News. Unbelievable. Dennis Und, Undvan. I've got to get it wrong car, now. Isn't it? Yeah. Is it, is it, is it, Undav. Undav. Undvan is a car. Yeah. Darren Carr. Dennis, <laughs> Dennis Undvan. Undav. I'm going to get it right now. He, he is a German citizen. Obviously, as you'll tell from the name, not German origins, Turkish origins. But he's a German player. Um, we've signed him from... Union Saint-Gilloise, which is, of course, Tony Bloom's um, other club. Six million, which is an amazing I, I really deal hope, on paper. I really hope Tony Bloom sat opposite himself on a table and like ran him, sat back and forth and like negotiated himself. <laughs> Went back round yeah. on one side to the other. No, maybe, like, maybe, maybe, maybe... I'm not moving on this seven million. Well, I'll give you six million in the sell-on for this. Did he paint his face in two halves? You have to say, be fair because Paul Bobby said, look, Tony, we can't afford to spend more than t- six million on him. So that's all you're getting. <laughs> well, we have got him for six million. Here's your chips from Monaco. <laughs> I mean, Union Central Wiles are still top of the table in Belgium. Tony Bloom's club. Nine, nine, um, nine points clear. Nine points clear, although the system is that the top four go into a playoff, to, which uh, is ridiculous. I think they go to Antwerp this week as well, don't they? They were second, I think. I think they just played them, they? Or is that another well, they game? They beat the week. I think they play Antwerp away tonight or somewhere All else. All right, OK. Oh. We'll look into that. Peter's reaching for his phone as we speak. By the way, rounds... Um, yeah, he's, he's gone back he, on loan for the rest of the season, which yeah. I think, to be honest, is quite right, because, A, they're in a remarkable season... They've, they're on the brink of potentially making history. An old-fashioned club with a, with a good history, but nothing in the modern era to speak of. It's the first time in many, many years that they could win a trophy. Yeah, they're playing they're Antwerp playing, away. They are playing Antwerp away. And I, I'm all in favour of that deal. They've just drawn up Bruges, who are third, and beaten Antwerp yeah. Cobra fourth. So they've had a really good yeah. three, two results. Yeah. Four points from two teams directly below them. And it is it is unfinished business, isn't it? I'm, I'm quite in favour, especially given I, our I situation. With returning him, I question whether we could have been a bit more ambitious this window because it's the first window we could have eliminated the way player that they could come in. There's no pressure in terms of like being immediately in the team. There's no... I think we could have looked to make one or two more things because I don't think the January extra plans to apply. A, if you do it early, and B, if you're not desperate, and we're not desperate. Um, Are you? I, I'm desperate, Peter. Well, we all know that, yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I wonder if he could have been a bit more ambitious in terms of getting one or two more attacking players in. On the other hand, we've got Matoma, we've got Kadra, we've got... We've got like uh, Undav now. We've got you know kind of so we've got we have got players out on loan. Zakiri, Seema when he goes back on it. We have got players who can come in next season. Taylor Richards if he goes if he goes to Birmingham, who could make a difference next season. Sarmiento's just yeah. We've got our friend uh, Mr Triple B. who's like I can't remember his name now. He's like wow, very alliterative name. Benicio Baker Boaite, I believe. Oh, yeah. There we go. 
Anyway, we'll, we'll come on to him in a minute. We'll come back to him. We'll so, in terms of good him signing. As, as Ben Nico, that would be the <laughs> easiest thing to do. I mean, um, I think that's an interesting one, on loan with a view to, to purchase it. Yeah, from, from Porto. Yeah. I, I think Peter's right. I certainly would have expected us to, I would have hoped that we'd bring in another four. Um, actually into the squad and be available in the squad now. And obviously it would have, you know, would have been, you know, would have fulfilled that need. Uh, I also think that we were short of an extra defender with Burngrave because if you look at our defenders, we've got uh, Veltman, a sometime fullback, sometime centre-back. We've got three centre-backs in uh, Duffy, Dunk and Webster. Um, and we've got two wing-backs in Lamptey and uh, uh, Cucurella. Cucurella can play fullback. March is a sometime wing-back, sometime uh, wide midfielder. So, of the experienced players, that is all we've got. And then we've got the youngsters like Roberts and O'Fire and Tosungi and Taimir. Well, I think generally, I think you're right. I think generally we're short anyway. We've got 20, if you include Roberts and Sarmiento, one of whom has not played in Premier League, the other one's injured and has had 10 minutes of Premier League action, we've got a 22-man squad, which is pretty low, really. So we're, we're very short. And they seem to have become quite, quite relaxed about the whole thing because... I know people aren't a big fan of Aaron Connolly. We've technically weakened our strength strike force over the window. But I mean, are we being too relaxed about this? Because on the, on the one we hand, we are safe, but... Well, but we, we don't get to the point all season, we'll go down. No, that's not going to happen. I but but, but no, I think we're being too not? casual. We want to positions count, yeah. don't they? In terms of uh, fiscal gain and kudos and attractivity... For future signings in the yeah. summer. So if we finish in 16th. Ironically, by we don't sign the better down players. again the table. Yeah, we yeah. might end up actually not be able to get the players we want to get in the summer. Exactly. It's like it's a, it's a vicious circle, really. And I get January's not an easy window, and it's. But the fact is that while Welbeck was out, we didn't win a single game. Yeah. So if he gets injured again tomorrow, or gets on a handshake injury, which you know, as much as they think they've solved it, it's not an easy thing to solve. Well, what what happens if you end up? Scenario: Well, back into the game, Morpho suspended for a game, and Trossard's got uh, COVID. Right. So. Before we get any gloomier, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my assertions here. I think those assert yourself. Those four players that are out of contract in 18 months. I am gonna make the assertion. I've done it on Seagulls Ever London's WhatsApp group already, but I'm gonna say we it on here. Too. No, I know. You I don't. Suddenly brought them up from nowhere. No, no. But I think <laughs> the three, three or possibly all four of those players out of contract in 18 months will sign new deals I'd love you to be right I think Zuma won't there's no way there's no benefit in doing that he's the one I'm not sure about I worry about Trostad as well he's like become he's played a lot with the Belgian squad he's played a lot with the Belgian squad recently he's he's seen what sort of money you can raise with that sort of thing he's now he's been talked about a lot this season head's been turned by Ben Take I suppose and my worry also with McAllister is that he's now in the first team but he wasn't is he pissed off that he was like they wouldn't. They wouldn't risk him. I, I, I think he's been rising recently, and I think he will he be has up for it. But then, does he now think he can do better? Honestly, um, I, I, I think more pay. I think um, um, McAllister and I think Trossard will so all we, sign. We had an interesting discussion on Bissouma. I'm not sure. And and I think Welbeck will sign. We'll, we will too. obviously. I mean, I don't. I don't doubt Welbeck will. I don't think anyone will sign him other than us. So, I certainly, yeah, because of the money that he would want and yeah. the, the, the risk. I don't, I'm not worried about Welbeck. My worry is that 
you know, so, I mean, obviously, Mopo, we offered a new deal. There was talk on the single London group, someone was saying, I don't know, you didn't think they would be offered a new deal. And it's like, oh, I don't definitely, there's, definitely no, will. there's no doubt. Definitely that, will. Yeah, I don't understand why these people don't rate Welbeck, don't rate Mopo, sorry. He's like, he's solid. He just offers so much more than just, yes, he doesn't, he might miss a few chances, but he offers so much more than just he's goals. He's a team player, isn't People he? need to watch Mopé more and see what he offers. Even that, that brilliant Welbeck goal against Leeds last year, that was Mopé harassing them that made them a poor clearance. Players, yes, it was brilliant for Welbeck, but it was Mopé's work, hard work that built the chance. Players so, that work hard get recognised by the people on the inside. But if also, you look at Dale Stevens, you, you only know Touch Malines, you only know Dean Hammonds, they, they get recognised for the hard work. Ashley Barnes. You notice what they... they this is on a different scale. They're the, sort of the worry is the sort of player who get you only know what, you, what you've got when they're gone. And that's why I worry Barnes for like, a lot of people who yeah. abuse Barnes when he's at Albion. More pace the sell. Premier League equivalent. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at... Yes, Liverpool away when he didn't play, we did really well because it was like a very open game. And, but we could have easily lost that 5-0 if they got scored that third goal. Yeah. Newcastle home, we were, we were we were better than them for like 45 minutes. They were awful, but then we're rubbish after that. Villa away, we were dreadful for 90 minutes. Le- I think. Leeds at home, Villa away, we were really the poor. Best and we were this small pay. We literally and and he he screwed came up on. the chances. But he only came on. Was it Leeds? He only came, came on later. But he, he oh, no, worked City, hard. Yeah. He worked hard in that game. He's a team man, and that's appreciated by managers. And then he replaced him with Lacardia. Okay, let's not talk about that. If, if you go and back, got the booze. I think it might have been the, the Chelsea game. I can't remember the Chelsea or the Palace game recently. And Morpé comes off the bench. And one of the things he's doing right towards the end of the game, two minutes to go or something, Morpé is in a deep left-back position. Yeah. Cutting the ball coming out and giving away a corner, which gave us a chance to, you know, for the defence to get reset. How many other uh, centre-forwards and here's the centre forward. They're actually back, sort of, 15 yards from the corner flag and one yard from the byline. Yeah. Actually, doing that, very few. And the other thing, Raymond, is um, we talk about who we dispense with the services of. Some people are suggesting more pay could be a thing of the past soon. I don't see it that way at all. It's, it's one person who runs. Yeah, one, one person will see what's happening. There are other people but, on that group who, yeah, yeah. who don't rate him, and I don't get and it. And by it's extension, like, other Albion fans. Yeah, I beyond. don't get it. It's like, but for me. Strikers of a reasonable enough quality are hard to come by. He is a number nine. Jameson costs like two and a half times what he costs. Yeah. And that's all you have to look at. It's like if you've got a player like Morpé, who is a team player, he'll work hard, he'll improvise or do what the coach says. He won't always be brilliant, but sometimes he will. And he, he's a team player, he's a squad player, he's he's a club man. He will definitely be included. Yeah in squads going forward if he wants to be. Yeah, and one of the one of the comments was about Single London was like, oh well, you know, well, I imagine we'll probably upgrade on him really soon. Well yeah, if like, we if we can. And I'm like maybe what in our time Premier League has shown that we can do that in the strike force. We we struggle to get strikers in the whole time At all. In there. That alone someone yeah. has proved exactly who's not great on no. now, what, what have you seen Und- to do Undav <laughs> might be better than Morpay and also, great. So then we have Undav and Morpay yeah. and Well. that's what I was saying. I think we've got rid of Corley, I think so that's the upgrade. I think we'll I think that's we'll be upgrade. bringing players who can work with Melbourne yeah. with um, that's, that's the upgrade with Mopay and Welbeck. Get, get rid of Corley, yeah. bring in Undav, we've upgraded. Yeah, and similarly we might do the same with another one, but we are talking over each other a bit. We're getting overexcited, aren't we, Peter? But I think we're agreeing, ironically. You're both making good points, but we're losing. Are we, we're losing the audience. Audience, come back. Please, come back. Come back. I think we're agreeing, to be honest, mainly. We are, yes. This is what happens at home with my wife. We, we sh- uh, my wife and I 
shout at each other when we're agreeing. It's really weird. It's like with you. Should we get married, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> you say something like your wife. Uh, yes, I am saying that, yeah. I took the invite correctly. I mean, you've both mentioned sort of Welbeck and Morpé in the same breath. And what has happened is I actually think they work quite well together. Oh, yeah, yeah, very good. All at with Morpé's just about the best, one of the best crosses he's ever put in. 4 4 2. Really good shape. And Welbeck has it. And therefore, one would like to think that Morpé might build up the same sort of uh, understanding with with, with Nunda. The question is then, though, Morpé and Welbeck work all together. Can you play Morpé, Welbeck, or Undav in the longer term? Trossard and McAllister in the same team. I think what you can do is you can probably play Undav and Morpé in the same team. I haven't seen enough of Undav to know which one would be. You know, playing off the other. Uh, what I do know is Hunda was actually. But can you then play Trossard and McAllister as well? I think, you, I think you can play either Trossard or McAllister. Yeah. But, but, uh, so you can't really drop either of them at the moment, so who do you, who do you drop? Well, Undav seems, seems to me to be, physique and style wise, is very similar to Morpe. Yeah. So he's, he's either a replacement, a backup. An alternative or something like that, isn't it? You won't play the two together. Welbeck can make an impact off the bench, so I, I can see Welbeck being the, the striker the forward who comes in to replace either. I do think when Mopey does struggle off the bench sometimes, he he has like he misses chances off more off the bench. I think he he doesn't quite kind of get the rhythm of games. He, he doesn't, doesn't quite get into it. Pace, yeah. yeah. Whereas he starts, he's good. But when he when he comes to the bench, he often has the end of worst games off the bench for half an hour. But I think. You've also got to remember that by next season, Lana will be that much older. It's his third season on a three-year contract. Um, 35, 36 next year, isn't it, or something like that? And therefore, we've got to actually be so young. of who is going to replace Lana. And I think the person who will replace Lana will be McAllister. Well, I'm not sure we will we'll do that directly, though, because I think Lana being in that position is based on Basuma being next to him. I wonder whether we'll need two... Of Moda and well, Wepu. Basuma will be going too. Yeah, assuming Basuma yeah. goes, I think they'll, they'll need, they won't be able to play someone like Lana. They'll need two people who are more up and down, you know, kind of forward, back and forth, I rather than having one who's more. More bop to bop. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think McAllister. Wepu and Lana, because they're not the same type of player as Basuma. I think McAllister is the replacement for Lana, effectively, isn't he? In terms of creativity, McAllister is the replacement but for Lalana. Further forward, I think. They can't, further forward. I think they'll need to play a midfield two who yeah. are Mwepu and Moda or Mwepu and Alzate or Alzate and Moda. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Gross doesn't go in the summer because his contract... I think he probably will, yeah. ...this summer. And therefore, yeah. if that happens, we need... Him. And McAllister, of most of the players that we mentioned in central midfield there, is the one who actually tackles most. Hmm. I mean, Norman Bissouma, but of... of and Lalana's back with the interceptions. Moepu uh, does some good pressing. Uh, Moda covers a lot of space, makes space for others. But all slightly different. McAllister actually gets stuck in a bit, and he has that creativity. Yeah. The, the, so the, I, I think it, I, Potter should be able, being Potter, to accommodate couple strikers and Trossard in the number ten, the, the, the attacking midfielder yeah. role. That gives him then. Uh, whoever has replaced Basuma, plus two other central midfielders. Now, the ability to bring on experienced players like, like Lallana and Welbeck in central midfield, and he's also got you know, 
whichever one of Muefu, Modern and McAllister he hasn't got, he can bring on. So. I, I, th- I was going to say, well, I think the interesting thing of the last few weeks is more and more that we've moved away from the three at the back and yes. moved much more to the four at the back with yeah. Lamp too much further forward. Yeah. And obviously he can track back, but I wonder and, and, where they're going to be. And Boaty with Boatface, of course, is another... A more advanced yeah. winger, isn't he? So I wonder whether that's going to be the four at the back. Well, Sarmiento as well as an option. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to become more of a yeah. thing where they play Veltman at right back or a new right back or whatever. Uh, two centre backs and Kukurea at the left back with March potentially an option there. I and love, they, I love the flexibility. This is great, four, isn't it? Three, three, almost rather than, and then that can morph into a five, a three, five, two because yeah. Lamptey is the right wing back. Yeah. So, and this is the sort of flexibility that Graham Potter loves and thrives, thrives on completely. Well. Can I just say, while we're talking about ins, by the way, yes. I, want to, I want to put forward, if we're talking about signings of the season, I want to talk about, like, Kukurea. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's been many better signings, value for money-wise. What a signing. 15 million quid, I think he's cost us. Amazing. He has been genuinely ridiculous. It's like, he's so... And I said ridiculous, I know that, but... I mean, I it's say, been so good. It's, it, if it came wasn't in for how preposterous the Lamptey deal was, this would have been definitely the signing of all time. But he's not got interest at them to touch with got limited. Yeah, true. So I mean he's you haven't got to worry of him and it's hard it's hard to gauge. He's probably played more minutes for us than Lemptey yeah. has. He, he's so like good. Possibly. He's so good. He's just every game you seem to get up and down and say like every time we, he's We've like, now got players, you look at it, you've got Sanchez, Cucarea, Lamptey, yeah. Webster, Dunk, Basuma, Trossard. You can look through the team, there's quality we, all over. But if you look, we made six summer signings effectively with the money we got from White. Cucarea is Huge upgrade. I, mean, I, I love March at left wing back last year. He looked really good. But Kukure is a massive win, uh, update, upgrade there and superb. He's so Wepu Looks. I mean, I, I can't wait to see him maybe second season. He's going to get better. Yeah, he, he's had a few injuries. He's had a few injuries, but he's been superb. But that goal Anfield was was frankly yeah. crazy. I mean, that, how on earth he saw Alisson off his lineup <laughs> to do that? That was that was a and brilliant the best goal. Is, you look at you look at the system, whether Ashworth goes yeah. or not. Whether Potter goes or not, if you look at the system, you've got people up, like yeah. Rushworth coming in. You've got these new guys we just signed, the Porto yeah. winger. You've got, um, obviously, you've got um, uh, Undav that's coming yeah. in. Mitoma's doing pretty well in, Mitoma, in Belgium. Mitoma, yeah. And, and you've got uh, you've got young lads like Ferguson, Talai, might come good. Van Heck is like but Van, Van, Van Heck and Kadra are both Kadra, Kadra. key players in Blackburn. These, these aren't even featuring in our so team our, at the our, moment. Our old youth, our old youth team players who are like, well, our old under-23s used to go out and load to East Bourne Town and get forgotten in the system. Yeah, now yeah. they're like being part of a key promotion yeah. push in the championship. And we genuinely and not only justify the upset when they're playing. Not only as a team, but being like literally two of the yeah. key players yeah. along with Brett and Diaz. Very quickly, the final in, Billy Clark. I know very little about him. A white Other than his player. name, I know nothing about him. Well, he's had two, he had two trials with the club. One in the under-18 team and one in the under-23 team. So uh, they, they had a chance to see him in a competitive situation. Obviously, we're impressed. He's 17. Yeah. And uh, you know, he's a local lad, obviously. So... Um, no, from that you say his nickname's Clarky. <laughs> How did they come up with that? I have no idea. I'm making it up, but what would I imagine original. it would be? And it's Billy IE at the end. It's controversial. Like in Billy hey, maybe that will be his nickname, <laughs> Billy IE. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that I think was interesting. And it, you know, <laughs> You're right. I'm fine, I'm fine. But how often do you actually see... If he gets called that, I take full blame for that, I'm sorry. How often when you look at the team sheet for the under-23s do you see the word trialist? 
Yeah. So I'm glad they had a look at him and giving him a chance. But oh, we wish him the best. Go on, Peter, very quickly. What I was going to say very quickly is you look at the lone team we have now. Sherpin in goal, pretty Karbovnik and Cochrane as sort of wing back, full backs. With Ostergaard not doing that well, maybe Van Hecker and uh, and Clark at centre guard. Ostergaard still on loan. Yeah, but he's not doing that well. So I know, I know. Van Hecker and Cost- Ostergaard. Yeah. Clark no, and Clark on centre defence. Yeah. Um, Kadra. Malumbi, Kadra, uh, Kozlowski, Kozlowski uh, Mitoma, What's happened Sima. to the other Polish lad, the fullback? He's on loan at Olympiacos, but not doing that great, apparently. Yeah. So it's like, it's a, we've got like a and crazy... And Undav, You haven't mentioned Cochrane up at half. No, I, I no, did, no, I did, did, did left back, yeah. yeah. And Undav, uh, of course. Undav up front, Connolly, yeah. you know. But it's not bad, is it? Zakiri, who's playing in Bundesliga quite regularly. You know, we have we have a better team on loan than we have for a lot of years in yeah. in our first team. So it, it, it's genuinely, I mean, if even half of, the, some of, the, half of these players become a profitable ones, and even like a third of or a tenth of them become like players who regularly play Premier League. These are the Mohammed Salah day, Salad days, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> right. When you look at Blackburn and we're talking about Van Heck, one of the interesting things is that even when Blackburn aren't playing well and they don't score goals, they're actually still getting team sheets. Yeah. That has to reflect well. Well, and also they, they did, when Kadra was out the weekend, they didn't score, so... But, but they, they, had, and no, they but, said they missed him a lot at Luton, Luton wasn't it, or something. Yeah. But there was, but they still was nil all. So yeah. I mean, Van Hecht's playing the middle of the back three. And at least if he doesn't have a career in football, he's got a career in rugby just by that tackle that he played in that game and season. Well, listen, guys, we've got to wrap up part two. In part three, we'll talk about the transfer misses and the general summary of the transfer window. That's all coming up in the third and final part of this lovely, lovely podcast. Right, here we go, part three. We're talking transfers. We've talked about the Albion in most ways, but we haven't talked about the miss-outs, the ones we didn't get. Now, there's one obvious one. There's a lot of players running well we haven't got. <laughs> well, there, there are loads of players. <laughs> we haven't got. But in terms of those that we tried to get, Julio Enciso. Not Iglesias. No. Well, I think the most no. obvious one. Although I'm teaching someone we whose mom Luke. went out with his son. I think the most ob- obvious one was... Uh, Seriously, Oli Tanner. Oli Tanner. Well, oh, well, Raymond, Raymond, hang on. There's an agenda. We're coming to Oli Tanner. First of all, though, Julio Enciso, Paraguayan, 18-year-old, talented attacker. Deal didn't happen. It was muted for many days. It didn't happen for several reasons. Now, I've got to quote Robin on this. Robin said, this is classic South American transfer bingo here uh, third party interests goalposts being moved um, different demands yeah, there was one st- well, comment from my journalist about saying that yeah you're paying this for 85% of them or something like that suggested that obviously there was some sort yeah. why do they have this the shit was like about, about the actual sell on but actually it was like actually, no it's obviously about his own ownership or something isn't, isn't this front load agreed where they've just not it's sure how they're going to do so they'll, they'll the front load all of the I mean, to be honest I always say 50% of me is owned by me as well when I go to like jobs <laughs> do you take I, your agents so, with so, you so, yeah so they have to go to it with my agent first and then with me afterwards so uh, this, this is why I've not had a new job in six years <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not enough. sure you could actually accurately call it third party ownership because apparently his club uh, 
owned 80% and he himself owned 20%. And that's hardly a third party. Um, so I, I would disagree with that. The, well, it is if you regard the first party as Albion and the second party as a Paraguayan club. Yeah. But, but so. I, think, I think it's, a, in a sense, it, he's... Um, it is a load of shit, isn't it? It's right? meant to. It's meant to be very simple terms. No, I don't think it is. I mean, the simple terms, the reports coming out, is that there was a tax issue, and supposedly they, he wanted his twenty percent paid in Paraguay. Yes. And, and we wanted to pay it in England, and the tax in England, by implication, was going to be a lot higher than. But he's also going to get paid a lot more in England, and get you know get a lot more exposure in England. It's, it feels like. But we can write off it the taxes, like can't we? He priced himself in a move, out of a move, basically by being, if that's true, by being a dickhead. Which well, it's, is, is something that very if, much. If a that red is flag the case, then see yeah. you later. By being a red flag for Albert. But a young guy who has literally, on the twenty-second of January, had his eighteenth birthday, who's obviously been guided by you know, older members of the family, plus an agent, possibly, and. And he's probably, they're saying, you know, we should push for this. But we're spending probably eight, six, seven, eight million on him. Well, I imagine eight, we're paying him a lot more than he would have got paid in Paraguay or America as well. It does, so it does sound it, as it, if it might be a greedy scenario. Yeah, it sounds it? like he's pushing it too far from what he actually wants. And I, yeah, I don't, it feels like that if he wanted to join Albion, he would have joined Albion, but he's been the one who wanted to try and push it too far or got ideas that he might have got a better club in the, in the summer above his station or sort of thing and but I mean as an Albion supporter what better club could he go to he can't yeah. go to any better club can he? well I mean we've literally got <laughs> a player from most South American teams in countries haven't we so it's the beautiful club within the beautiful game I mean, just to South say absolutely no but, but joking aside um it really is squandersome, isn't it? Yeah. Squandersome is not a word, but never mind. Um, but, you know, you, you've got... I the get the view of what you're saying from a say with You've got that. the opportunity to go to England and play for a club in the top half of the table. We can say that. Even if it's thereabouts, you know, it's, it's a good club in the Premier League and you're in Paraguay and great country, great people, but in terms of football, it's a massive step up. Who have and literally brought in an Ecuadorian national recently who yeah, uh, who, who was on the verge of the team of the, of the first team at a very young age, although obviously it's from originally from England, but yeah, but he's got but he's got, got, got an Ecuadorian international who is like very young as well, who's like come over and is now back in the, in the first team squad. Who's got a Colombian international, although again he's from London, he's from London originally. But there's a lot of kind of like Argentinian national. There's a lot of people who've come in, played play for South America, come in and done well, or look like they could be in close to get to the first team. And it, it seems like the obvious move for him. No, that, but, well, but then the obviously thing. as a move for a bigger club. But well, if he comes, the, the other important thing, Peter, is the fact that he would have had quite a lot of Spanish speakers around him. Yeah. And that makes a difference. I mean, there's Rob Sanchez, there's McAllister. He should have spoken to our Spanish speakers. And there's Bruno. Yeah. There's Casido. So it looked like the perfect move for him, but he's now, for whatever reason, turned well, it down. I, mean, I don't know whether we would go back for him in the same way we went back for Yeah, I mean, there's, there's obviously rumours in the, 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 you know, that it could happen in the summer, but on the other hand, I do wonder sometimes whether Tony Bloom's burnt once, he goes back, doesn't go back really, because it's like... Bloom rarely goes back. Yeah, yeah I, I think he is very rigid in his negotiations. I think... Oh, I like it. He'll go back if a club turns down an offer. He may not go back if a club pisses yeah. him around yeah. or if a player pisses him around. Or an agent. Yeah. And I think that's I, the I way think to go. It's a long-winded, it's a laborious, it's quite a stressful 
an anxiety-inducing process, but I think it's the right way to go. Yeah. If you can gradually, over time, establish very yeah. rigidly, you've got a policy where you won't take shit. You will negotiate on fair grounds. If anyone starts screwing you around, you're saying no, and you mean no, and you will back that up with no. But I think that's a tough, long yeah. game to play, but I think it's the right game. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think I was disappointed to say we didn't get him because he sounds a prospect, but on the other hand, I think he'll lose out more because he's probably going to get a minimum 10 grand a week yeah. for four and a half and the, years. And the word will spread over yeah. time, won't it? People will get to understand Brighton. He won't, he won't piss you about. But yeah. he won't also stand for you being a dickhead yeah. either. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and that's the way it should be. Um, I've, got, I've got to say, Raymond, you mentioned it earlier. Let's get into it now. Ollie Tanner. I am immensely... Yeah, I heard his own personal rights have stopped the signing as well. <laughs> I'm immensely amused by this. So, essentially, the story as I understand it is the Albion were interested in Ollie Tanner. We put in a bid, which may have been derisory, I don't know. It was turned down. It was lower than Tottenham, didn't it? Certainly lower than Tottenham. Tottenham's bid came in. Um, I think the, the fee was agreed, as I understand 100, it. 100,000. And then Tottenham spoke to Oli Tanner. Now, Oli Tanner plays for Lewis in the Isbian Premier no, Division. Say, Same division it, as Worthing. It shouldn't have cost that much money. It should have cost just like £10. <laughs> it should have cost the Tanner. Yeah, Tanner, yeah, that's what you did. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway, he, he's... Oh. Let's move on, folks. Please, let's move on. Good form, um, like. he, well, you say that. You say I'm, I'm not, not sure that's is that good form, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ollie Tanner's on good form. He's it attracted your interest. It depends your definition of good. Also, can I say, <laughs> mental? Of, have you ever heard of a player just like turning a club <laughs> six levels above him? But, but, I mean, this is just it. Just, he's he's me and it's not like he went to a, play, a team in League Two because he thought that was a, a fair jump up. He didn't go to a team at all. He's turned down a six league jump. I know, and, and, and the best bit about it is, this is what I was going to say, Lewis are in the same division as Worthing, three or four places below, they're in, in line for promotion, but they are essentially their seventh tier English football, Spurs first tier, so six divisions as you've yeah. just said, and Brighton's deal was turned down. So Tottenham, as I understand it, was the only the team room in the running, we were less and interested. he's turned them down. The rumour I've heard is we were less interested than Spurs. Yeah, yeah. He wants to come to us, but, but we were less interested maybe in Spurs. Right, yeah. Yeah. And also part of our deal was to allow him to go back on loan to Lewis for the rest of the season. So he would only be joining us effectively in pre-season. Um, what the hell have Tottenham what offered? A prison cell? It was, he's been... He was with Bromley before he joined Lewis. He had been, I think, with Charlton and was it Arsenal yeah. before that? Um, yeah. As, as a junior. And he's an Arsenal fan. And just to mention about the turning down of the Spurs deal. tweets about Tottenham that weren't yeah. wholly complimentary. <laughs> but more, but more to the point, but actually, I mean, as far as his talented, I know you saw him play, he was quite impressed with him. Uh, oh, he's really good, really good player. And, but it's obviously the fact that he, you know, was left Arsenal, left Charlton and left Bromley, one does wonder if there is a, you know, some sort of flaw there, um, in sort of other way-wise, whether he has a, a high opinion of what his abilities are, or he's being badly guided, I don't know. Uh, we haven't heard anything since, and certainly one had imagined that if he didn't agree with terms for Tottenham with about three or four days to go of the, of the window, but he would have, we would have gone straight back in and got him on the original deal. 
Now, whether the deal is still going to happen in the summer, I don't know. On the basis, well, um, he, he can, you know, we're going to loan him back to him, you know, so we'll, we'll still hold on to the deal. And I also don't know what the cut-off point, what level it is, what the cut-off point is that you can deal outside of the window. No, I, I don't think you can. If you're if you're a Premier League club trying you to sign, and just not bring him into the sub. I think I think the thing for me is I don't understand again. It's just a Longman thing. Why not gamble a hundred thousand pounds on a player like Oli Tanner? If he if he given the money we got Premier League, you know, even if he comes like League One level, you might get a hundred grand of a League One club to buy him back. Are we in a good bargaining position here? Because we if we seem to be outbidding. Or, or outdoing Chelsea and Liverpool they, and Arsenal and now Tottenham here if, if, if they, he wanted to if come. They, if they, Tottenham and Genry agreed it was 100 grand, was it then? They, yeah, why are we not paying that, seriously? I mean, we could probably get that from a League One club if he did anything that even just being a League One quality. It's worth paying 100 grand yeah. and paying him stupid money for a year or two year yeah. contract. Yeah, yeah. So, and then we might get that from a League yeah. One club with a bit of a settle if he does well. I don't, I don't understand the logic of not paying that money. I like the Are fact he wanted to come to us. Yeah. It's great. No figure, I like that. But no figure was actually mentioned. All that we know is it was lower. Yeah. One, the implication, and that's only an implication, that we've probably only offered thirty or 40000 yeah. and that the Spurs one was substantially more. Hmm. Um, but, of course, we were loading him back, and that gave, gave him the use of the player for the rest of the season. But I'll tell you, 100 grand, so if they, if they get 100 grand for... If we give them 100 grand, even, whatever, that's nothing in football. That's literally like a week's wages for... Or a week and a half wages for one of our best players. Or, or about three yeah. days' wages for Ozil. Yeah, but we don't pay Ozil, so it's not really relevant. I know, I know. I just wanted to dig. So I'm digging. Yeah, <laughs> we, we do that. We do that. If we do, if we get if we let like, release him on a free, well, it's like we have released him on a free. It's like it happens and whatever. But even if we send him to a League One club, we literally get our money back and more, put in sell on, etc., etc. So it it makes no sense that we weren't competing for him when Tottenham thought he was. You know, he wants to come to us over Tottenham. Even if, even if there's an inkling, if I was a club, uh, Albion, I'd be looking at it going like, well, Tottenham think he might be worth 100 grand. Why would we not pay that money? Yeah. I mean, is, is there a sense of romanticism here? Because here he is, he's a guy in Sussex. So either there's a Sussex thing going on, I'd like to go to the Sussex club, or more likely, as an Arsenal fan, there's an anti-Tottenham thing going on here. Well, I think could, it, could it be to the degree where you'd actually go, I, the... my career rests on this, Screw you, Tottenham. I'm going to stick with Lewis. And also, I think he might look at it and go, like... I think there's a fairly old thing that have been brought up. Well, apparently, another one that was more recent as well, though. Some people are a bit more partisan than you might imagine. I think think the the big thing is, he looks at... I think most people look at Albion and go, that's a really good chance of progression. We've we've already developed that reputation. If he's going to make it Premier League... He might make a Tottenham eventually, yeah. but he's probably going to do better by going to a Brighton first. We've, we've developed that reputation now. Yeah. Better um, chance frankly, of first team, are we better, better chance off of good loans. Gambling at 100 grand now yeah. than gambling Southampton taking him for 100 grand tomorrow, next, yeah. week, next weekend and him making it for Southampton. Because sure as hell, and being they're sold sniffing. for like they're 50 sniffing. million or something like that. So is that they're not a better, aren't they? Is that not a better gamble to spend 100 grand of which we get paid 100 million pounds plus a year at Sky yeah. to, to gamble on him? Yeah, we go back to wages, Paul Barber, talking about as compared to like and a half grand. Southampton taking for hundred grand and us looking really embarrassed because he signed from a club down well, the road from us. We talked about Paul. We talked about Paul Barber, the eighty-two and a half grand 
not wanting to spend it. Fair enough, whatever. But if you can be savvy in the transfer yeah. market, this is peanuts, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, Raymond. I don't actually think that the talent situation is necessarily over. So we don't know what it is. And one would like, and certainly the word was, and, and you first mentioned it to me, Russell, but what one read it afterwards, that, that he was more interested in coming to us. So it may just well be that uh, it's been put on ice for a few months. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what, what happens. But I mean, I think you have to... I, one of the interesting things I find, I mean, they're talking about it as being, you know, the, the um, uh, next uh, bail, you know, etc., etc., which is sort of, to liken him to bail, is, is really quite a, a compliment. To might be an exaggeration and, and putting too much weight on young shoulders. But I've noticed that this season, quite a few really top-class players, I mean, world, in the top you know, few in the world, have joined clubs and it hasn't necessarily quite worked out this year. And Russell, and one of which is Ronaldo, still scoring goals, but has it disrupted Man U? Has, is the, oh, I think he definitely has. I think Man U look a lot better without Ronaldo than they do with Ronaldo. But, but because he is too much about the focus on him. Yeah. And Fernandez, who's a better player, loses focus and like becomes this of a thing. Because he was the one good thing about Man United, and it's gone. He's a far, he's a he's a dickhead as well, but he's a far better player than Ronaldo these days. Absolutely. But Lukaku, I think there's also elements of the same. Where he he's a good player. When he first came on, he was scoring some goals. But Chelsea are not the, quite the same cohesive unit as they were when, when Tuchel first came. The problem is, they didn't score with it when, at that point. They had missed a lot of chances, Chelsea, whereas Lukaku does take those chances and he is, he is that good player. Whereas I think, certainly Ronaldo, it's definitely true. United didn't lack Ronaldo before Ronaldo came in. They bought him because City were going to buy him. That was the only reason United wanted Ronaldo back. They didn't, it wasn't a tactical thing. They didn't want him back as a kind of like, as a plan. They only brought him back because City looked like they were going to get him. And it was like they, were, they couldn't bear the idea of City having him. He, he does it's not, not fit right, that team. It's not the right reason to buy a player. No, it's not. No, Solskjaer it's not. had a team with the likes of Rashford and Greenwood, although obviously you don't mention him too much, but the you know, quick young players, you know, Sancho when he's brought, now brought in, being, it's, I, I think Sancho's signing would be a lot better if Ronaldo hadn't signed. No, I mean, because Sancho, Sancho and Sancho has been frozen out. Yeah, but actually, his whole signing was bought before Ronaldo came yeah. in because the whole idea was to have pace up front. But Ronaldo doesn't offer that. He's a greedy, he's a greedy striker who, yes, he scores the old goal, but he also <laughs> does the old goal. He's also <laughs> <laughs> this, this year. I wish we had somebody who scored the old goal like Ronaldo. Any goal, let alone odd. This year he's not scored that many, has he? But, oh, yeah, about eight. Uh, about yeah, same as Wolfe. But compared to what he was expected to get, he saw it's not that many. But the whole thing is they, their whole tactics. Solskjaer's gone because their tactics have basically been moved to go centre around another. And Fernandez is so much better. That, that Villa away they played, and Fernandez had his best game of the season by far because Ronaldo wasn't playing, and Fernandez took control and did everything. And and that is a, the problem because Ronaldo isn't isn't a team player. He's a greedy player. You, and you, you play, you play for Ronaldo yeah, yeah. in the team, or it, it becomes too much the centre of attention. And, like Fernandes, and that's not what Man, Man United should never be about one yeah. player. And that's the thing, especially when you got Fernandez, who's it didn't a work far for Juventus, player. did it? Fernandez is a far better player than Ronaldo. Yeah, and he's up and cut. He's still got something yeah. about him. Ronaldo is on the way down. Curiosity: How much would you, would you put a price 
you know, a value on a club like Brighton. I mean, how, how much could you? And I'm just speculating for a second because I wonder what would happen. An interesting transfer would be for somebody like Tony Boone to say, "Well, I've got 100 percent of the club." Oh, Mercy, 100 percent of the club. All right, now I'll come pay for Brighton. I'll give you 30 percent. <laughs> um, I value them at about. In reality, three hundred and fifty million. I say more. I think three hundred and fifty more. In my head, ten billion. But I think in reality, three hundred and fifty. The ground, the ground costs more, and the ground. Yeah, I know, I know. It's real estate in Brighton. Yeah. Anyway, let, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's quickly go through the rest of it. Right. So, transfer roundup. Perhaps. Who, who have we missed out on? Oh. Well, we missed out on Ericsson. We missed out on Ericsson. You've mentioned Ericsson. There we go, Raymond. There's Messi. my first one. There's my first one. Yeah, it's a... It's a the, I think, I think the, the signing of the winner. I, I really it? hope it works out. I, I worry that, obviously, he's coming back in fresh from football. If he was like, you can't do that. And I worry that he's allowed back in because it, it was... Obviously, the horrendous story of the summer, but football-wise, but... I would love, I mean, barring when they play us next season, hopefully. And I like Brentford for the club as well. I really hope they do well and stay up and I get a good, have a good end of the season. But I really hope that he does well there. And yeah. yeah. For anyone, the two anyone that doesn't next know. onwards that he plays against us, I really wish them, them, wish them well. Because I think he, I really like Ericsson as a player. He's a fantastic player. And it was obviously terrible what happened to the Euros. And yeah. if, he, if he can come back in a club that's nice. You know, I'm so glad he didn't sign someone at Newcastle. Like it's like, I'm so glad he's not at Brentford. It's a really, you know, I mean, if, a, if, a, a, a likeable club rather than a dickhead yeah. club. If, if, if people haven't been on planet Earth, Ericsson collapsed at uh, the Euro 2020 tournament in 2021, so last summer, and um, he, he was fitted with a fibrillator installed within his body, which meant that he can't play in Italy under Italian rules, but he can play elsewhere. So he, was, he became a free agent from Italy, from Inter, uh, and in the end, it was Brentford who signed him. Thomas Frank is one of his former managers. He's Danish. Ericsson's Danish. And the statement... I've got quite a few Brentford players as well. Yeah, indeed. They've got six or seven. And, and, um, er, and, and uh, Tom... their owners own a team in Denmark as well, Absolutely, don't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. And Thomas Frank said, we have taken an un unbelievable opportunity yeah. to bring a world-class player to Brentford. He hasn't trained with the team for seven months, but has done a lot of work on his own. He is fit, but we will need to get him match fit, and I am looking forward to seeing him work with the players and staff yeah. to get back towards I, I think, his highest I think level. They won't get much from him this season, but it'll probably be like next season before they get their big. I, I think that we've only got a six-month contract or something. Yeah, but I, I, but think, I imagine that'll be extended pretty quickly. I, but I, I think it's important that they monitor him, but more to the point, I think it is they need to actually manage him, and by that I mean to say that he doesn't try and push himself too far. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing, particularly a young person who does it, who probably thinks that uh, over it I'm fit and this, that and that. They're a bit like um, what we're doing with Lampard at the moment. Yeah. You might start a game, but you then come off at an hour or 70 minutes, minutes yeah. and then the next game you're on a bench and you come on 25 minutes, and you don't, you don't have that, yeah, I think every have, start, you play every they've game. They've got to say, look, they're, they're monitoring his heartbeat, they're monitoring his yeah. recovery, during the game, they've got to be able to say no, fine, we've done enough, and, yeah. and bring him up. And, and I think he won't start a lot of games this season, or even maybe even feature a lot of games. But he'll. But I think I think it is very careful monitoring. I mean, Bob, you know, remember, a friend of mine, um, 
who had sort of quadruple bypass heart and had been a very good footballer and could have played for Chelsea or Brighton, both clubs being interested way back. And uh, he had one of these things that gave him a sort of boost that they're now talking about for Ericsson. And Bob had a heart attack skiing in Switzerland at the time of the dot-com boom about 2002. And he actually basically probably shouldn't have lived more than about another eight, nine, ten years at most. But he actually did survive from that for about 18 years. And it's because of this, this device. Yeah. And, it, and you know, he died age 72, a great friend of mine. But I mean, you know, he was a much older man when it happened. And this technology is obviously yeah. bloody good. Um, good, good. Good guy, Bob. I met Bob. Lovely guy. I mean, he could have played at that level. I think, I mean, he but wasn't. he wasn't after that, that no, happened. No, no, but I think, I think also you have to say that Ericsson's from the story to 2021 as well. He was, the way that everyone reacted, in Simon Kier is like just genuinely, that guy's a legend for what he did around that. But also all the other players as well. But he was especially like, the way he coordinated everyone around that sort of thing, yeah. in situation. And, and managing know, the, the whole thing about yeah, families. Yeah, it was genuinely incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if he was oh, if he was British, he should have got like a knighthood or something yeah. for that. Yeah, who, if he gets a day, who, he should get a Danish equivalent of a knighthood. If, although I realise that probably without a royal family, they don't do that. But yeah. anybody who who is interested in football, and particularly anybody watching that game, will never forget that instance. Yeah, and it's uh, but then moves on to the next um, signing that we missed, arguably, was the very imaginative one I I consider by. Uh, Stephen Gerrard at uh, Villa and getting Coutinho. Coutinho, yeah, earlier in the window. Signed on a loan. Is that with a view to a buy? It like is, that. yeah. Uh, very good player. Someone described him on one of the podcasts as an overgrown kid trying to hang around with the, with the younger kids. Well, one of the, I think one of the best individual performances I have seen at the Amex Oh, the 5-1, where the draft excluder was invented. Well, actually, I mean, we scored one goal. We could have, we were very close to scoring two others with some good saves. I think one hit the woodwork. I mean, if the score had been 5-3, it it wouldn't have actually been unreasonable for us to have done it. So we gave as good as we got, but the difference was the actual clinical passing of Cortino is setting up the chances for them. Yeah. That was the difference between the two Absolutely sides. Great. Well, that one where it could have been 2-1, I think, and Murray hit the bar, yeah. and then yeah. and then they back. broke literally for the other end and like kind of scored and... Came 3-1. Well, listen, we're getting a bit um, distracted. Just to quickly go move on to a couple of other things. So... Um, Luis Diaz, I think his name is, isn't it? The, um, yeah, I think that's one of the signs of the window. Port- Porto winger. Um, sorry, no, no, not Porto. Where did he come it was from? Porto. Oh, it was Porto, wasn't it? And he's gone um, to Liverpool, not Spurs. Yeah, Liverpool, not Spurs. Spurs have missed out on Oli Tanner, which is amazing. Adamo, Adamo Traore and Luis Diaz. Luis so Diaz. Yeah. But Luis Diaz, Diaz wanted to go to Liverpool. He's gone there. He's a left-sided attacker. He's a real talent. Looks pretty good. Um, Newcastle, Desportivo FC. Signed a few players. We've, we've mentioned Bruno Guimaraes. We've mentioned Target. We've mentioned Trippier. We've mentioned Burn. Uh, Wood. Could Wood. Go, Wood, I think... Have they done enough? I think they probably have, Dennis, if, yeah. 
If they manage, if they don't get bad injuries and, and how a lot depends on Wilson and Maximum staying fit. If Wilson can come back soon and Maximum stays fit, I think they're still relying on them those two. But I think if they do, I think they've probably done enough because Burnley have done basically bugger all except B course who who is decent in the Bundesliga but may not hit the ground running in the in the um, Premier League. Uh, Watford are pretty dreadful. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm not convinced we'll be the right man for them and I think Norwich are, although they've got a good run they're not going to be so I think probably with Norwich Burnley yeah. Watford I think Newcastle are doing that Norwich have surprised haven't they yeah they've, they've managed to give themselves a chance against they the have, but they however but they're Camwell, doing that. Camwell's gone to Bournemouth yeah. on loan because they wouldn't sell to another Premier League club well, they, the Premier League club's going to be in the bottom half so well, I don't know about that I don't understand why they let him go because he hasn't played this year he's barely Apparently, it sounds like he's got a bit of an ego problem and uh, he's been pushed out by Smith, basically. Spurs have got Betan or whatever his name is. Um, Lingard is staying at Man uh, Kulisevsky as well. Yep. Lingard staying at Man U. Um, Danny Alley and Van der Beek have gone to Everton, where Frank very, Lampard has been Everton announced as manager. Signs, aren't they? You know, it's like signing two more attacking midfielders in one window when you're down the bottom but you haven't got enough you haven't yeah. got enough already Lampard the manager there of course now he's been put in what do you think about that I think it's a, it's, it's a risky one for this season I think longer term might well be a good appointment but they're assuming they're not relegation battle which I think they are because they've not got enough points to not be in a relegation battle so I think it's a risky one for I wouldn't want Frank Lampard in charge of us in, in I the, in the risk, I think it's risky for him actually because of Yeah, agreed too, yeah, I agree with that as well. I think, I think risky for him if he doesn't work, he'll, he'll struggle getting a job. So. Yeah, risky for him and risky for them yeah. in the short term. I think he'll do better next season if they kind of yeah. stay up and they give him some money. Yeah. But will they give him the money? Will they give him the money? I don't know. Uh-huh. Everton seemed quite. But the Delhi Alley deal is about the weirdest deal I've ever I, seen. I think they'll survive, I think they'll survive, I think. I think there's, there's a lot worse teams. Yeah. I think there. Burnley is screwed because the number of games in hand is not good at this stage. No, if you have that many games in hand, I it's think not Norwich, a good thing. Norwich will drop regardless. Yeah. And I think and Watford will as well. I think yeah. Watford, if it's not Watford, then Newcastle, great. I, mean, I, don't, I'm not sure. I think I think it's I mean, Burnley, Watford and Norwich. Yeah. I think I think, I think Newcastle will be okay. Yeah, Leeds, Palace, Villa. Yeah, they didn't quite get the... They could have pulled themselves completely away by beating Newcastle and said they lost to them and they kind of like didn't quite pull away. Just following through, Alvarez... Aside from River Plate, sounds Man a very City. exciting prospect. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but back, I, I, I wonder if he'll have a year on loan in Europe next season, and then like before he actually moves to City, because he, yeah, it's quite a big jump to go from yeah. a top team in South America to, to a the top team, arguably in Europe, if not, Absolutely. or certainly one of the top three or four. If you to Brighton's one thing, but coming to like Man City is mm. a massive jump. Massive move. Can I just quickly move on, Rafe Rovers? There's been a lot happening in the last couple of days on Wraith Rovers. Scottish side out of the top four. Not something you thought you say in the, uh, in the, in the podcast. It's not often. However, it's all fucking kicked off, isn't it? Eh? Eh? So let me read this to you. So Val McDermott, who is a female Scottish excellent crime writer. She is, yeah. I've, I've read her book. She's really good. Yeah. So she's very Not much relevant situation, but she, she writes she's, some really she's good She's brilliant on Question Time and all that. She has put a tweet on today saying... I have this morning ended my lifelong support of Pat's Wraith yes, Rovers. It's not just a sponsorship, she's completely supporting She stopped her season ticket yeah. and that sort of thing. She's of, like. Of Wraith Rovers over, the, over their signing of the rapist David Goodwillie. I have cancelled next season's shirt sponsorship 
over this disgusting and despicable move. She sponsors the away shirt. By the way, her dad has a stand named after him because he did I a load she of... she sponsored the whole, the whole thing, didn't she? No, 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 no. Her dad was a, a chief scout for many, many years, so they named a stand in honour of him. And this is, this is his daughter. Anyway, um, and she said... Um, this shatters any claim to be a community or family club. Good Willie has never ex- expressed any shred of remorse for the, re- for the rape he committed. His presence at Storks Park is a stain on the club. Um, I'll be tearing up my season ticket too. This is heartbreak for me and many other fans I know. Wraith Rovers um, Rape Crisis Scotland have said... We are surprised and deeply disappointed that Wraith Rovers FC are happy to send such a clear message of disregard. All right. So the other thing from Wraith Rovers was they said, footballers are role models, particularly for young people, and it's not okay to have someone in this position who has been found um, by a senior judge to be a rapist. This was a bad decision that sends entirely the wrong message and it should be withdrawn. That's from Rape Cross Scotland. I, I get this, but they were obviously accepting the fact that he played for Clyde before. I get Val McDermott's view because they came to, her, came to their club. Yeah. But he was playing for Clyde before for five years, I think, or something like that. So I'm like, I don't understand the, the, the Rape Scotland's view and that sort of thing because he was... I get Val McDermott's view. Her view is, I don't want it my club. I get that completely and I agree with her. I get completely that point of view. But from Rape Scotland's point of view, why were they not about it last season when he was, he, was, he was at Clyde? Why were they not continuing to think about it before that? You know, they may have been, but it's like, well, you know, if he stayed at Clyde, would they have still been competing on him at this point? Yeah, that's a good he's point. At, he's that's been at Clyde point. for like five years, I think, or something yeah. like that. And been pretty good player He's a former Blackburn player, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Dungeon Anyway, anyway, but, we could not But, but for, for Val McDermott, I completely back it because oh, it's like, I would not want someone at that in my club. And I get she's that completely. Money into the and if, yeah, she's and not I, just a fan, is yeah, she? Yeah, exactly. And she's obviously I, someone who writes the novels about mm. people like that, who will then be looking at it going like, well, why would I want someone like that in my club? If but, you didn't... But for Rex Scotland, it, why are you not for every day saying about David Goodwillie anyway? Are you doing that? I don't know, they might be doing it. It might be like writing press yeah. about him every day, but... But he was at Clyde before. It wasn't like he was out with a club before. Mm. Out club before. He was at Clyde before, so... Yeah. So I actually sent people saying that somebody... Which I, this is unreasonable, sort of, uh, standpoint. So, somebody who makes money out of run, writing about those sort of events perhaps shouldn't be making money out of write, writing about those events because they then actually are going to castigate somebody for buying a player who has been found guilty. No, I'm not saying that in any way whatsoever. All I'm saying is I understand where, where she's coming from and I'm even more so because she's writing about those sort of people because she couldn't justify no, that's, it. No, that's the point I... I oh, sorry, I thought you were saying... Yeah. yeah, and I, I also think that she... I also think that... I don't, I don't understand Rape Scotland view too much because they're saying that... Why weren't they in Clyde? Why, where was the view... Obviously, when you signed for Clyde, you have a view, but why... Was there a view all the time you at Clyde? Is it just because move that's a view? I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I don't know. Honestly, let's, don't know Let's what's move swiftly on. A bigger society issue. In, in a sense that... I'm always slightly worried about the amount of well, almost kitchen sink drama on TV, how, how much there is about people murdering people, this, that and the other. And that happens in real life. But actually, when I'm being entertained, I don't actually particularly want to see it. And also, I don't want to actually almost imply by dramatising that thing 
that this is behaviour is all right. I think we're getting into a. I think we're drifting into a slightly. That's a gray massive area issue, Raymond. I, I think I'm going no, to disagree with you on a number of issues. This is a massive issue, and I think this is about that, how you would. One that actually. How you address what, what the material is. Almost needs to address that. I think. It's well, listen, we've got, we've got to move on, we've got to move on. So very, very quickly, last couple of subjects, Worthing FC, Peter, we went down to that game and we won all of them, didn't we? And they've had another one all, uh, in yeah. a recent game since. They did beat folks in Victor in that game, that big match, 3-0. They've very got, good result they've got a lot of other kind of like competitors now at the moment it's like, exactly it's and grouping up at the top of that league it's like quite worrying yeah and it bloody won all with Corinthian casuals I went with Raymond to, to Wimbledon on Saturday too, uh, guess too... what the score was won all and... obviously uh, a weekend we're a bit too uh... well, they're either too Corinthian or too casual I'm not quite sure which one <laughs> one or the other or both or well, having a Brazilian still stop people but it was um, all occasional it was, I actually, I was quite impressed with the Wimbledon Stadium. I thought yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a great day, wasn't it, Raymond? Yeah. Really enjoyed it. And, and it, was, it was a good stadium. And it's got nice, nice concourses indoors. Um, they drew two all with Cheltenham tonight. What? Brilliant. What, what was the score? Two all in the end. Two all, though. Got that for another draw. But not a one all at least, though. But anyway, so they go on, two go outside of the relegation go zone. Go on, Raymond, go on. Anyway, I, I actually thought it was good. They have a very nice bar down in the sort of basement down the southwest end um, with a, a good range of beers, all nicely chilled by the way. Um, I noticed Russell. Um, oh yes. Very well chilled and, uh, and it's good because one could go into the bar before the game, one could go back afterwards and let the crowd, there's a very good crowd, 7,800 of which about 800 were Shrewsbury fans which I thought was quite impressive for a club that's sort of risen from the ashes relatively recently. And there was a very good atmosphere. Um, and it was a good game, not, not that many fouls on either side, uh, and uh, some quite good football plays. So, and, and I'm up to 84 out of 92 again, off the back of that. Peter, you're on about the same, aren't you? I'm 85, 86, something. I've lost All right, show off. <laughs> anyway, more on that later. We've got to wrap this up. It's gone on a while. Transfers overall, I'm happy. Yeah, you're also, happy. I'm, I'm happy longer term. I'm not happy short term. And Raymond, I think I mean, we, we ended up more or less even in terms of money out, money in. Um, in terms of the cost, I suppose it's not bad. I think slightly disappointing overall, partly because like Peter, I would have liked another forward, and personally, I would have perhaps liked another defender. So we don't suddenly get caught short. We seem to be well stocked in central midfield. Yeah. But actually, in other areas of the pitch, yeah. if we had a few injuries, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we had Duffy uh, and Dunk um, uh, and Webster all injured, and we were really struggling. It can all happen. It can all happen. Well, let's wrap it up there. But anyway, thank you for your input, guys. Peter, Raymond, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Have you enjoyed it? And, yeah. Well, thank you very much. No, I hate joining you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we'll, we'll possibly do some content on our Seagulls Over London event at, with but Dick Lines. We Lines. also have a, a lined up at also, yeah, Dick. We have uh, the very same, the very same coming up next we week. Have, we have our special guest. It may be a double bill because I've got a feeling he's going to talk quite a bit. And we can do that as well. Yes. It's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? 
But for this episode, let's wrap it up. Stand or fall? Up the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.